Hi everyone, great to be here for podcast episode number 61. Something slightly different for you today. Last night I ran a five steps to end emotional eating masterclass. The class got great feedback and so I thought it would be good to share it with all of you podcast listeners this week. The class introduces you to the updated five step process to end emotional eating. It's an introduction to the work that we will be doing inside of the Lose Weight Live Life Academy in November. If you're interested in learning more about the Academy membership program, I tell you about it at the end of the class. And if you want to check out the recorded replays, if you want to watch the class as well, then it's available until midnight on Monday, the 1st of November at www.thebestyou.coach forward slash replay. Also, if you're listening to this podcast episode the weekend that it is released, then I want to let you know that when you enroll before the end of the day next Monday, 1st of November, you will get a personalized journal gift from me. And one more thing, if you would like a copy of the free workbook that accompanies this class, you can get it at www.thebestyou.coach forward slash 61. That's 61 as in the numbers 61. Okay, so listen in to the class. Welcome to the Lose Weight Live Life podcast. If you're a female professional or entrepreneur who would do anything to lose weight, yet finds it impossible to stick to a diet, to eat less, or just what you think you should, this podcast is for you. I am your host, certified life and weight coach, Claire McKenzie. Listen in to learn how to stop overeating, lose weight for the last time, and create a relationship with food and yourself that you love, all without diet deprivation and self-sabotage. Welcome to this Five Steps to End Emotional Eating Masterclass. My name is Claire McKenzie, and I am a certified weight mindset coach. Uh, so what we're going to be doing this evening is we are going to be, well, I'm going to tell you a little bit about my story to start off with, just very briefly. And then we're going to dive right in to explore everything emotional eating. I'm going to explain what emotional eating is, and I'm going to teach you the five steps to end emotional eating. It's a five-step process that you can use to help you overcome your emotional eating, end emotional eating. I'm going to talk more about what I mean by that shortly as well, whether it's overcoming it, whether it's ending it, it's actually something a little more subtle, I think. And then at the end, I am going to share with you how, if you would like to have more help, if you'd like to get more help, then you can get more help. I am happy to answer questions as I go along. So as I said, I am a certified life health and weight loss mindset coach, and I became a coach about four years four years ago now, I think it is. Prior to that, I had been in marketing my whole life. I was a marketing operations director for Thomson Reuters and had always been sort of in the corporate environment, in the corporate business to business environment. And I had struggled with my weight for the majority of my life. So not long, so long ago, I think this picture was probably taken about eight or nine years ago, which would have been just before my 40th birthday. And I was morbidly obese. And I had been obese, I guess a good period, probably sort of for about the 10 years prior to that. I had, and in that time, 
I had lost all my weight and regained it at least once. So I really existed in a state of embarrassment and shame, not just because I was so uncomfortable being the weight that I was, but because I had lost this weight and regained it and failed at dieting so many times. I used to think things like, this is ridiculous. How how much more weight do I need to gain? How much heavier do I need to get before something happens in terms of like something changes within me that means that I'm able to stop it and turn it around? I even used to worry that I would die at such a heavy weight and that nobody would be able to carry my coffin. That was one of the things that went through my head. I had a really lovely home. I had two great children. I had a great job, a great husband, everything that most people would be really, really grateful to have in life. And and I used to be so frustrated with myself that I could have so much. And yet I really struggled to do this one thing, which was take care of myself and take care of my weight. And so I used to think that anybody talking to me, hearing about me would think that I was a success. Whereas if anyone saw me, they would think that I was a bit of a disaster. And I used to hide all the time, hated being on camera, hated having photos taken, really hated being visible. My weight had fluctuated since my teens. Um, I grew up in a family where we ate healthily, but we also really liked our food. So lots of home cooked meals. My parents both worked long hours and we ate out regularly. I was larger than my friends during my teen years at school. And even then I used to think, please don't include me in the photo. From memory, I think I started overeating when I was about 11 or 12. I had a horse riding accident and it meant that I couldn't do what I'd normally done. I couldn't actually do any sport at all. I was told that I could never do any sport again, other than sort of um, riding a bike or swimming, but I couldn't do any sort of, I guess it's not contact sport, as you would call it with rugby, but any sort of running around type sport. But it wasn't just the lack of exercise that meant I piled, piled the weight on. It was the fact that all of a sudden, you know, what had been my life really changed. And I found myself sort of stuck at home. I was an only child, parents were working long hours. And what I turned to, to comfort myself, entertainment was food. In spite of all of this, I wouldn't have thought I was an emotional eater. If somebody had said to me, do you think you're an emotional eater? I just said, said, no, I'm not an emotional person. What I didn't realize is that one of the reasons I wasn't an emotional person was because I was using food to sort of pacify myself, um, to not feel or express myself. I was using food as a way to just get on with things. So, you know, food enabled me to sort of show up in life in the way that I wanted to and just sort of like dampen down all of those feelings and all of those emotions. When I went to university, I lost quite a bit of weight. I went to university in North Wales. It's very hilly. It's what I like to think, lots of walking, but I just found it easier to to lose some weight. And I met my husband when I was at university and then we got married. And then within a few years, my weight, I really started piling the weight back on. And as I said, for the next couple of decades, really 15 years, I guess it was, no, 20 years, I sort of lost and regained my weight multiple times. I did all of the diets. And every time I regained my weight, I would be heavier than when I started. So it would just get heavier and heavier and heavier. I'd pretty much all but given up, you know, the fact that I would ever lose my weight. I had spent so many years being so desperate, losing the weight, regaining it, hating myself for it, that I had sort of pretty much thought, okay, maybe this is just going to be my thing. You know, everyone has challenges in life. This is just going to be my challenge. Again, I've got, you know, great kids, great life, we'll just get on with it. And at some point, I think that made things a little bit easier. But at the same time, underneath, I was still really, really unhappy. And I just wished that things could be different. And then what happened is that I 
stumbled across life coaching. And I started to learn all about life coaching skills, such as thought awareness and emotional awareness, and started to also understand what happens in our brain and really started to look into why it is that we have such a challenging and difficult relationship with food. And as a part of the coaching certifications that I'm doing, that both the life coaching, the weight coaching and the health coaching, I learned so much information that I was able to approach weight loss, not through dieting, but with a very different approach. And I'm going to talk you through some of that here tonight. One of the fundamental points for me, one of the fundamental turning points was allowing it to be okay that I hadn't managed to lose my weight or figure out how to lose my weight and keep it off up until this point. It was really forgiving myself and creating that space that, you know, of not beating myself up, improving that relationship with myself that enabled me to move forward. And I just wanted to share that with you because I'm not talking about that tonight, but I think that that is a really important part of what went on for me in terms of what made a difference there. So what is emotional eating then? So sort of alluded to some of my thoughts about emotional eating. In fact, I didn't think I was an emotional eater because I wasn't an emotional person. Um, I also Googled the definition as I like to do just to sort of out of curiosity to see what Google said. So and the page that I, t- I found that was quite useful sort of said that many of us turn to food for comfort, stress relief, or to reward ourselves. And I think this is a really useful definition. And when we do, we tend to reach for junk food, sweets, and other comforting but unhealthy foods. It says you might reach for ice cream when you're feeling down, or pizza if you're bored or lonely, or swing by the drive-thru. I think this is definitely an American site. After a stressful day at work, emotional eating is using food to make yourself feel better, to fill emotional needs rather than your stomach. And I think that is all really useful and really relevant and really true. And what I also think, and I also want you to know that I think it is normal and it's a part of being human to be an emotional eater. So whereas we tend to think of emotional eating being a problem, if we are maybe eating in a way we're not you know, liking how we're eating. So maybe it's because of our weight. Maybe it is because of the food chatter that we have. Maybe it's because we find ourselves eating in secret, all sorts of things. But ultimately, what I want you to know is that emotional eating is normal. All of us, every single human, no matter what size we are on this planet, is our emotional eaters. Okay. All of us eat for the pure enjoyment and pleasure of food. We eat to comfort ourselves. We eat to feel better. Nobody, I'm sure there's probably an exception to the rule here, but generally no one is going out there only choosing what they have to eat for the fuel, nutrition and nourishment that that food provides. So I don't want you to think of emotional eating per se being a problem. What I do want you to think about is that if your eating is leading you to be a weight that you don't want to be or to have health problems that you know could be improved through eating and you want to improve them, or you want to address some of your habits and behaviors that maybe you recognize that you, you don't really feel comfortable with, then you're wanting going to want to look at addressing the balance between eating for fuel and nutrition and nourishment and eating for comfort, pleasure, boredom, whatever it is, whatever the reasons are for you. So rather than thinking, I don't want you to think of this emotional eating as something that you've got to fix or solve. And I don't want you thinking that you're broken or that there's anything wrong with you. All that's wrong if you want to make some changes is that your how you are eating the balance has just swayed a bit too much one way and you want to have some strategies to make your emotional eating work for you 
If you think of it, you know, whether you were breast or bottle fed as a baby, part of being fed our, you know, our mother's milk or sort of being cuddled whilst we're giving a bottle as a baby was to be comforted. It was about bonding. It was about human connection. It's no wonder that, you know, we turned to food to help us to feel better. If you think about when you were a child, no doubt you were, you know, given sweets if you were good or as a reward, you were given food as a treat. Or maybe if you fell over and scraped your knee, you were given a biscuit to either distract you or to comfort you or to help you to feel better. It's really within our nature as humans to use food in this way. And I want you to know that that in and of itself, there's nothing wrong with that. It's just that sometimes we want to look at addressing the balance there in terms of what's going on for us. Okay, so I'd love to know a little bit about why you're here, what you think, you know, what your thoughts are about emotional eating and how it's showing up for you. When you heard that this class was yeah, what made you attend? What made you sort of want to show up and want to be here? It may be, of course, because you want to lose weight and you already know it's about more than just deciding what diet to follow. It may be because you think that you're not in control around food. This is something that comes up quite a lot when I'm talking to ladies. It may be, as I said before, it's because you want to make healthier food choices, but you feel conflicted when you are choosing between what you want to have and what you don't want to have and you sort of want different things. Maybe you know that you turn to food when you're bored or unhappy or stressed or anxious or lonely or upset. Maybe you want your food to be not such a source of joy in your life. I'm not saying that you don't want food to be a source of joy, but maybe you want other things to be a source of joy more frequently in your life. I don't think there's anything wrong with food being a source of joy in your life. But again, it's all about balance. Maybe it's more about understanding your relationship with your glass of wine or your G&T each evening, which you have to relax after a hard day's work. And maybe that's something that you would like a habit you would like to change. And you're not sure about how to go about doing that. It could be many, many things. Any of these I've just mentioned resonate, then I want you to know that what we're going to talk through tonight is going to absolutely help you and that you will be able to use the process that I'm going to give you to adapt it to work for you. So a few of you are saying things like, I don't believe I can control emotional eating long-term and that gets me down. Lindsay says, I started to use food to cope when I was eight years old. I'm 52 now. All you said about photos being the biggest friend, et cetera, it rings so true. I want to be able to make healthier choices and not turn to chocolate and rubbish because I'm feeling so bad emotionally. Anonymous says, enjoying this so far. Another lady says, weight keeps fluctuating. Now three stone overweight and struggling to get weight off particularly stressed with work and eating too much to boost how I'm feeling, making bad food choices. Another Sarah says, I expect food to make me happy and content and it never does. All right. So let's, I'll jump past this one. This was just some of the ways, the patterns, which we see ourselves eating sort of often coming in from work at the end of the day, maybe when we sat at our desk and we're bored and we want to distract ourselves. Another source of eating where we often might turn to food is if we're transitioning from one activity to another, that's one that comes up quite a lot. Ultimately, there's loads of them. It doesn't matter what you're doing. It doesn't matter if you're not aware of what you're doing yet, because that's exactly what we're going to be talking through in just a moment. So whilst we are tonight. So what I want to say, it's not about the food. And I think a lot of us know that now. So many more of us know that it's not about the food. It's not finding about finding the next diet. When I talk about diet, I mean, in terms of a temporary diet where you're following, you know, eating in a way that's reduced reduced in calories or reduced in fat or reduced in sugars and refined carbohydrates. It's not about the food. It's not just about the food. A small part of it is. It is about you. So tonight we're going to primarily focus on the top left corner of this chart, which is on the emotional side of it. But we're also going to touch on the other parts as well. So it's about what's happening for us emotionally, what's happening in our body, 
what's happening in our brain and what's happening in our mind. And I'll touch more on those as well as we go through. So five steps to end emotional eating. Now, everyone who's here should have received an email either yesterday or if you didn't sign up before yesterday, then when you signed up, which has a a PDF workbook in it. You don't need that now, but I am going to sort of refer to it a little bit. That PDF workbook is designed for you to take what you learn tonight and to help you go through the steps and do the work of applying what I teach you in your life. And I recommend you sort of start off by committing to doing daily work for a week. Doesn't need to take a huge amount of time. Maybe it'll take you 20 minutes the first day, 15 minutes the second, and then maybe 10 minutes after that, you may even get a little bit quicker. So what we're going to talk through is a step-by-step process that will help you increase awareness of how your thoughts and feelings and things that you do or don't do lead you to eating to feel better in such a way that you would rather not be doing. Okay, so we're going to look at that again, how your thoughts and feelings and things that you do or don't do lead you to eat differently to how you would truly like to be eating, because of course, that's how you would like to be eating in the moment and how you would like to be eating for your long term. So I'm going to talk about truly how you would like to be eating. And we're going to talk about the five steps of planning, observing, feeling, rewarding and learning. And you're going to discover what's going on for you and you're going to learn how to feel instead of eat. And we've got a little brain hack to make things easier for you as well. All right. So step one or stage one is planning. So this seems very, very straightforward. What I want you to do, why plan? So there's two reasons that I want you to plan as a part of you looking and exploring and shifting some of your habits around emotional eating. The first reason is that when we plan ahead of time, and this is the key thing here, we're planning what we're going to be eating tomorrow or beyond. And when we are planning what we're going to be eating tomorrow, you're using a different part of your brain than when you plan what you're going to be eating when you're stood in the kitchen looking in the cupboards in front of you. When you're planning what you're going to be eating, stood in front of the fridge, choosing what you're going to have, that decision is being made by your primal brain, which is the part of your brain that other mammals have. And that part of the brain is driven. Its job is to motivate you to eat. You want to eat, you get pleasure when you eat, you avoid emotional discomfort when you eat. That part of your brain driving that decision wants you to eat foods that are quick and easy and taste good and comfort you and give you pleasure. Okay. That is how you're biologically programmed. Okay. So if you stood there in front of the fridge fighting with yourself as to whether you should sort of take out the salad or take out the, I'm trying to think what I've got in my fridge at the moment, I don't know, cheese and other nibbly bits or something like that, then it's your primal brain is going to always be pushing you to want to have the food that is the quickest, the easiest, the tastiest. It's going to give you the most pleasure. And this is all because of dopamine in our brain. So when we plan, you're using your human part of your brain, a different part of your brain, the part of your brain is unique to other humans. If you think about it, your dog does not have planning skills. Your dog isn't able to say, oh, this is what I'm going to do tomorrow. Okay. Or your cat, if you're, if you're, you've got cats. So when you're planning, you have got more capacity available to you to make decisions that serve you and that you are going to be grateful for. You know, I, I talk about this idea, you make decisions that your future self will thank you for decisions that lead to you you losing weight if you want to lose weight, being more healthy if you want to be more healthy, all of those things. So when we are planning how we're going to be eating, we're much better at effectively deciding a way that's going to eat to give us what we want for the long term. The other reason why we plan as step number one is to increase your understanding of your overeating. And I'll explain more about that in just a moment, because it's not just about planning and then eating what you plan, because at the end of the day, that would be very similar to dieting, wouldn't it? Um, There's much more to it than that. And I'll come on to that. So how to plan. So 
The key thing is to plan ahead of time. doesn't matter if you plan a day at a time, if you plan today for tomorrow, if you like to do a whole weekly plan, do whatever works for you. Really importantly, you want to make it easy. You want to make it fit with your life. You want to decide when you're going to plan. You want to just make it straightforward. The more that you plan, the easier it will get. I like to plan before I do my shopping so that I do my plan, do my online shop. It's quick and easy and straightforward. And once I've done that a few times, then I will have, you know, two or three weeks worth of plans and I can actually just recycle them. Okay. There's not, most of us don't eat huge array of meals. We tend to recycle what works for us over and over again. All right. So that is what is about planning. So you've got a sheet in your workbook. The top half of the page is for you to write down each day what you want to plan. If you want to print it off, to sort of print off seven of those pages, or you can type into it. As long as you save it first, don't just type into it whilst it's open in your browser because it won't save. Download the PDF file, then open it, then type into it, then save it. You can do it that way. Or you can just sort of like replicate it in your journal, whatever way works for you. A couple more things to say about planning, because the, I guess what many of us would want, you would want to be asking is like, okay, what do I put on my plan? What should I be eating? And this, you get to decide. Most of you know how you maybe, or if you have, don't know, then you think about how you want to be eating for life. So whenever you're doing this, I don't want you to be thinking about how can I eat tomorrow to lose as much weight as possible? I want you to think about how would I be eating if I was the weight that I wanted to be? And I had a really healthy relationship with food that I loved, that's balancing eating for fuel and nutrition and nourishment and eating for pleasure, what would that look like? That is what I want you to be thinking about when you're planning. And if that is a very vastly different to how you ate yesterday, then I want you just to be making some small changes to get you a step closer to where you want to be. I want your plan to be taking you in the right right direction, but in a way that feels very doable and very achievable. If you write your plan and you instantly feel like I'm never going to do that, I'm going to be deprived. I'm going to be miserable. Scrap it. Start again. Create a plan you actually like that you can imagine is going to be totally possible for you to eat according to how you've planned. So what I then want you to do is to notice when you eat differently to how you've planned or when you want to eat differently to how you've planned. Now, if your brain wants to tell you that this plan is just like a diet, I want you to remind your brain of a couple of things. I want you to remind yourself of a couple of things. First of all, you created this plan. When we go on a diet, it is normally that someone else has told us how we should be eating, has created a set of rules for us to adhere to. And when you, however, have created this plan, so if you sort of look at your plan and you'll start telling yourself, oh, I can't have this or I can't have that because my plan says this, I want you to take ownership for your plan. Rather than saying, I can't have that, I want you to say, no, I chose to put this down on my plan. Okay, so first of all, don't use your plan against yourself. So whilst, yes, the purpose of the plan is to guide you with how you want to be eating. This isn't a case of sticking to the plan and you're winning and doing it right or not sticking to the plan and you're failing and losing in the way that you might feel that you were doing when you were going about a diet. In this particular way, the way this is going to be working for us is that when you're eating according to the plan, yes, that's going to help you lose weight, have the relationship with food that you want to be healthier, all of those things. When you're not eating according to the plan, or when you're noticing that you want to eat differently according to the plan, this is when we're going to start to unpeel the layers of what's going on for us with our emotional eating. Okay. So this is really is a a win-win situation here. You're either eating how you want to be eating to be healthier, or you're going to start learning about what's going on for you with your emotional eating. All right. So what we have got 
here, I have got this, this worksheet in front of me, for page two is really some questions for you to observe and notice what is going on for you when you don't want to have what is on your plan or when you've noticed that you didn't stick to your plan all day and the day's gone by and you ate totally differently. So what does that look like? Maybe you plan to eat a turkey burger, salad, sweet potato fries for dinner. And when you get home from work, you feel exhausted and find yourself, I'm calling Uber Eats, we've just moved into town. So I've had Uber Eats for the first time ever available to me or you get a takeaway, whatever else it may be. Maybe, you know, something like that. Or maybe when you were planning, you told yourself you didn't really want to have a glass of wine on Tuesday night. But the reality is that you feel compelled when you sit down to watch TV because you had such a rubbish day at work. Or it might be chocolate or crisps or biscuits, whatever is your go-to. So in an ideal world, and you may notice this before you eat whatever it is you're going to eat. But the reality is that's not going to happen. The reality is it's going to be after the fact that you realize you've eaten differently to what you've planned. So in an ideal world, as I said, you would press pause on your life. It's almost like you would allow time to stand still and do a little self-coaching between the seconds where you thinking you should have some food, feeling the desire and popping it in your mouth take place. The reality is that isn't going to happen, at least to start off with. Okay. And if it does happen, then great. Congratulations. Well done. But for most of us, we only realize that we've eaten differently after the fat. And that's absolutely okay. When you do notice, what I want you to do is then go and do the exploratory work of figuring out what was going on for you. So doing this work in hindsight will help you slow down the process going forward. And what that looks like is you looking to identify what your triggers may be. It could be the time of the day. It could be putting the television on. It could be certain things that you think, I had a bad day. I deserve a treat. What I also want you to notice are how you're feeling when you notice these thoughts or you notice these triggers and then identify any habits that you have. Now, to help you identify all of those things, you're going to answer the questions on the worksheet, which are sort of, where am I? What time is it? What do I want to eat? What are the three reasons why I want to eat? I want you to look back and reflect back on what you told yourself what the reasons were that you wanted to eat. Some of you, these will be habitual processes you repeated so many times. Those thoughts may feel as if they are sort of like really deep down below the surface and you really don't know. Sometimes it's as simple as your brain saying to you, I want it. I want it. It tastes good. It looks good. I want it. That's okay. Just write that down. If you do come up with the thought, I want it, ask yourself why. Why do I want it? And then I want you to ask yourself, what am I feeling? Now, sometimes so when it comes to eating in this way, there's a number of things that are going on. Sometimes we're purely feeling the desire to have the food. So for me, this would be like if somebody came in, you know, if I got in home from work and there's a box of chocolates on the, on the side, I'm going to want the chocolates, not because of anything that's happened in my day, not because of any sort of trigger, just because my trigger is I see chocolate, I want to eat it, I feel the desire for chocolate. It's very, you know, very straightforward. It's a, very, a connection between the visual sight of the chocolate creates that desire for it because chocolate is something I like. Chocolate, um, you know, I think of as a food that gives me pleasure. There'll be sort of dopamine that's released in my brain. That's what's going on there. And I want the chocolate. Other times it might be because you are upset or angry. Something has happened and you know that you turn to food to soothe yourself, comfort yourself, to feel better or to escape that emotion. Okay. Sometimes we eat Sometimes for us, eating is a little bit like releasing a pressure valve or it's climbing out of an escape hatch for our lives. It's like it soothes us, it pacifies us, it enables us to not feel so bad for maybe it's just a moment. It gives us some temporary relief. If that is what is going on for you, I want you to look at what it is. What emotion?
emotion are you avoiding feeling? Oftentimes it's boredom. Like so many of us eat because we're bored all of the time. Other times it might be frustration. Often if, often if we're frustrated with ourselves, we eat and we get more frustrated with ourselves. We end up in this perpetual cycle. Oftentimes it could be that somebody has upset us or done something that we think is wrong. All sorts of reasons. You're looking for how you're feeling and you're looking for why you're feeling that way. And you're looking for when you're looking at why you're feeling that way, we want to look at what the trigger the circumstances and what it is that you're thinking about it that causes you to have that feeling. So the more you go through that and you do that work, the more you're going to be understanding and learning about yourself. Okay, great. So step number three. So that work, just to sort of recap, step number two, if you can do it, basically what you want to do is you want to look back and reflect when you can after you've eaten differently after you've um, to what you've planned. Okay. So the plan means it's really easy to spot when we're eating emotionally. That's one of the key reasons why we plan. Without the plan, oftentimes it's really difficult to know whether we're just eating something because we're eating and it's time to eat versus we're eating something because actually we were looking for some sort of emotional, um, we had some emotional void there. We were looking for some emotional nourishment. And I should also say, we don't just eat to avoid negative emotions. We eat to sometimes to create more positive emotions. And what I have comes up for me with this one, and I hear other people say the same, is that when something really good has happened, I want to eat to celebrate. Often going out for a meal to celebrate, having a nice meal at home to celebrate, having a drink to celebrate, it's like it extends the positive feelings, the positive emotions, and sort of delays me having to go back and get on with the normal humdrum of life. So it's not only to avoid feeling negative emotions that we eat, sometimes we eat to prolong feeling of positive emotion as well. Okay, so step number three then is to name and process the feeling. So this step will need to be done in the moment. And this means that the first few, maybe the first couple of days you do this work, you are, you know, you've already eaten whatever it is, the time has passed, you're not processing the feeling. But the more you do this work, the more awareness you will have, the much more self-awareness you will have of what is going on for you and your relationship with food. Something I want to say there about that. Really important, you don't judge yourself, okay? All of this work, your the, the benefit and the value that you will get from doing this work will be significantly reduced if you judge yourself as you are observing yourself. It will you will make that so uncomfortable, such an unpleasant experience. If you'll judge yourself, if you're, if you're harsh to yourself, if you say mean things to yourself, that you won't want to do the work, okay? You need to be your own best friend throughout this process. You need to be compassionate with yourself and you need to be curious about what is going on for you. Okay, so I want you to be your own best friend to yourself through this process or else you'll just make it so miserable. You there'll be no you won't want to do it. Okay, so step number three is to feel your feelings. So a feeling is a one word description of a vibration in your body. I use the words feelings and emotions interchangeably. So at its most basic level, a feeling could be like feel happy, sad, mad, glad. I think those ones that come up oftentimes with regards to eating, you might be feeling upset frustrated, bored, lonely, angry, anxious, overwhelmed, stressed, disappointed. There may be some sort of feeling sort of self-loathing may come up. We may feel self-pity, all sorts of feelings that 
and emotions. There's many, many words. So what we want to do is identify what is what feeling we've got when we want to eat. Now, as I said, if it's just pure urge, so like the box of chocolates for me, the feeling that I have there is just desire. So sometimes your feeling that you will be focusing on would just be the desire or the urge or the compulsion to eat something. Other times you'll know there's more to it and you want to look at the feeling that is causing that, causing the desire to eat to feel better. And then what I want you to do is feel your feeling. So there's some research that says it takes 90 seconds for us to process an emotion, a feeling through our body. And I think sometimes that's true and sometimes I don't think it is at all. Sometimes they hang around for a bit longer, but it doesn't matter. What I want you to do is to set the timer for 90 seconds and to practice feeling that emotion in your body. Now, there's three things that we do with feelings when it comes to our relationship with food. One is we normally, what we do, we only do two of them. Normally we either eat or we resist the feeling. Resisting the feeling is very much what you do when you're on a diet and you're fighting with yourself, you're using willpower to resist that urge to eat. You're pushing back against it and it feels like miserable. It feels like hard work. It feels like effort. That's not feeling the feeling. That is resisting the feeling. When we feel a feeling, we want to be relaxed. We want to open ourselves up to the emotion. We want to be willing to feel it in your body. Now, I want you to think, how does it feel? How do you feel when you're bored, how do you know when you're bored? What's the difference in your body between when you feel bored or when you feel frustrated or when you feel angry or when you feel sad? Okay. These feelings exist physically as emotions, as vibrations in our body. We sort of know the difference between them, but we are very poor actually feeling them. Yes, we sort of, we know they're there and we don't want to feel them. If you had to explain to an alien why you did not want to feel these emotions, in fact, you're so against feeling them that you are willing to eat to avoid feeling them, even though you want to lose weight. Can you imagine how that alien would think this doesn't make any sense? Okay, what is so bad about having this slight tightness in your chest or, you know, flutter in your throat or dryness in your mouth, whatever it is that these emotions go on for you. So the way to allow yourself to teach yourself, because most of us don't know how to do this, to feel these emotions is to use the worksheet that I gave you for this, which asks you questions about how it feels to feel that emotion in your body. So it talks you through asking you how it feels in your chest, in your throat, maybe in your head, in your fingers and toes, in your stomach, all of those places. What we're doing when we're asking you these questions is that you are having to sort of sit there and feel the emotion. And I want you to imagine breathing it in because when we process an emotion, when we allow it to pass through our body and it moves on, we don't need to eat to escape it or to feel better, okay? For some reason, our brain has got stuck on this idea that we are either going to suffer or we can eat to avoid the suffering. And we don't have to do either of those. We can allow ourselves to sit and feel the emotion so that it processes through our body, okay? And that's what we're looking to do, right? I want you to know this takes practice. How are we doing for time? Probably getting a little bit so. This takes practice, okay? Learning to feel an emotion when we are used to not wanting to feel them is quite alien. The first few times you try to do it, you probably will end up resisting it. That's what most of us tend to do. But if you keep trying, at some point, you're going to have a light bulb moment in your head where you realize that actually your desire to eat has passed. Your need to escape the boredom, the frustration, the overwhelm, whatever it was for you has just dissipated. And you'll see that you've got the power to enable that 
for yourself. Okay. And when you see that and you know that you've got it, then you, it's just really good and you will be really pleased. Okay. So I want you to be prepared to practice doing this until you start to feel the difference. So now for the fun bit. Okay. So what I then want you to do is to reward yourself. All right. So, and there's a number of ways you can do this. So one of the ways that we can do this is to have like a reward chart, like you would have for a child. Another way that we can do this is we can have a glass jar and we can have some pebbles or marbles or glass beads. And each time you do the work of either sort of step two or step two and step three together, I want you to put a star on that reward chart and I want you to put a marble or whatever it is in your glass jar. And I want you to have your chart or your glass jar somewhere visible where you can see it a lot of the time. So let me explain what this is about because it might seem like a bit of a thing, a fad, and you might think, well, I'm not going to bother with that bit, but actually it's important. When you eat, remember I said your primal brain wants to motivate you to eat. It's because the reason you're motivated to eat is because when you, and not only when you eat, before you eat, when you're about to eat, when you've decided to eat, you get the feel-good neurotransmitter dopamine released in your brain. And you actually get it in two separate bits when you're eating something just before and then when you eat. Okay, your brain likes dopamine. All right. When you you know resist giving yourself the chocolate, your brain doesn't like it. It's like a toddler. It's going to sulk. It's not going to be happy. Get it gets over it eventually. It gets used to it. But what happens when you reward yourself is you also get just a little tiny hit of dopamine, and your brain likes to see accumulation. So when you've got this visual chart and you can see how well you're doing because you've got these stars building up, or you've got your jar and you've got your marbles building up in your jar, you just get a little bit of a flutter of that feel-good neurotransmitter dopamine, and it's going to help you move forward. It's going to sort of neurochemically or whatever the word is, compel you to want to continue to do the work. So that is why it's important that you do this. All right. So that is step number four. And the last step is step number five is further learning. And this is really what I sort of like, you know, I'm sort of equipping you to really sort of be your own coach for yourself. This is your opportunity to reflect back or at the end of the day or on the previous day and look at what you discovered, what you learned to make sense of it. This is your feedback loop to feed into your next plan. So this is you identifying what worked for you on that day. It's you identifying what didn't work, you identifying what you can learn and what you want to do differently next time. Now, and this will include all sorts of things, not just the emotional eating. Sometimes it's about purely about logistics. Sometimes maybe you tell yourself, oh, I'm going to prepare all of these foods from scratch. And you realize that actually you're at the moment, you're getting in from work at eight o'clock every night and there's no way you have got the time or the effort or the energy to prepare foods from scratch. So maybe your plan for the next day or for the next week takes that into consideration. Um, So sometimes it's just purely logistics. Sometimes it might be food likes and dislikes, but it's also going to be you figuring out that actually you feel, you know, maybe you've got younger kids. Maybe they go every other, every other weekend, they go to your ex-husband or something like that. And you have identified that actually that is when you tend to eat emotionally. Maybe you, you miss them. You're a little bit lonely and you look for some comfort. Maybe you comfort eat on those weekends. Once you can understand your patterns of your emotional eating, there's lots of things that you can do to help make things easier for you. So if you know that you're eating because you want comfort, what you can do is create more comfort in your life, either in non-foodies, 
such as planning to watch an enjoyable film with I like my like I like cozy cozy blankets candles smelly things cushions all of those things things I like I like comfort I like creating comfort for myself in non-food ways I like to be warm cozy socks all of those things they all help create comfort it may, may sound silly but I promise you it works sometimes we may be that we want to eat we discover that actually we're treating, rewarding ourselves. The foods that we have um, on a Friday night are as a reward for all of the hard work that we've put in during the week. So maybe we want to look for other ways to reward ourselves. All sorts of, whatever it is, there's going to be different things for you to look at. You also, though, may want to look at how you can reward yourself with food that isn't going to result in you, whether it's gaining weight, being unhealthy, whatever it is that it may be. You may be very used to eating certain foods that we think of as, you know, the refined foods, the foods high in sugar and salt and fat and all of those things and alcohol. We may have an over desire for those, but also it's possible for you to find other foods that actually are really healthy and really enjoyable and still give you a little bit of what you're wanting to get from food. And remember, there's nothing wrong with that. Yes, absolutely. It is still emotional eating, but this is about you finding either a balance of emotional eating that works for you or a way of emotional eating that works for you rather than you thinking that you've got to give up emotional eating and only eat food for fuel and nutrition and nourishment because it's not a part of the world in which we live today. Okay, so that is the five steps that I have really talked through with you there. I want to a couple of other things. So why is this process so powerful? So it's really powerful because you are creating the habit of using a different part of your brain to make food decisions. You're identifying your emotional eating triggers and habitual thought patterns. You're learning how to talk to yourself more than you listen. So what you're going to do as a result of this is as you as you start to see those patterns, those, those conversations with yourself, I deserve a treat then you're going to remember to say to yourself, yes, I do deserve a treat, but I don't need to treat myself with a load of gin and tonics or a box of chocolates. I can treat myself in other ways because actually those, when I, when I do that, when I eat those box of chocolates, when I'm wanting to lose weight, it's not treating myself because I'm not giving myself what I truly want. I'm just giving myself what my primal brain wants because it wants the dopamine fix. Okay. So you learn how to talk to yourself even more than you listen. You learn how to feel and process your emotions. When we have good self-awareness of our thoughts and feelings, when we know how to manage our mindset and emotional well-being, we don't need to turn to food to feel better. Okay. For me, this means both freedom and control, even though they seem to be opposed. So I like feeling in control around food in a way that is not depriving and feels really good because for me, that is freedom. All right. So freedom from the constant conflict in my brain around what to eat and constant judgments and self-criticisms when we make food choices that aren't aligned with how I want to be eating for the long term. Freedom from feeling deprived, freedom from feeling out of control. The control is around knowing that I can choose whatever I want to eat. The control comes with no longer over-desiring certain foods that I really don't want. And having the control of allowing myself to feel and not react or to resist my emotions. So I want you to take a moment and think, what would control and freedom around food feel like for you? 
what would be different for you? Okay. So take a moment now and imagine yourself. Are you making healthier choices when you're dining out and enjoying them? Maybe you found a way to relax in the morning that doesn't include in the morning, in the evening, maybe that doesn't include the wine or crisps or chocolate. Maybe you've discovered that you can eat in a way that leads you to lose weight without having to sacrifice your precious time. Do you finally have your own back and see yourself supporting you through the process with confidence and ease? Okay, so I'm just going to tell you then a little bit about if you would like to have more support about how you can get that. And then what I will do is go back through and look up the questions. So if you've got any questions, feel free to put them into the, the Q&A box. And then I will sort of go, go through those and answer those for you about the process. Yes, yeah, so I want you now to think about what is the best approach for you moving forward. What you have now is a step-by-step process, something that you can take away from this class and use to help yourself right away. However, If you would like more help with this, if you would like to learn some additional tools and skills to help you with this process and other aspects of your relationship with food to help you lose your weight for the last time, then you might like to consider joining the Lose Weight Live Life Academy. So the Lose Weight Live Life Academy is a membership program that gives you a ton of help and support and information and knowledge. So the Academy has been created to help you create this relationship with food and yourself that you love so that you can lose your weight for the last time. There's lots of aspects of this that we haven't obviously touched on tonight. So we just touched on one thing. But when with the Lose Weight Live Life Academy, what we really look at is other aspects of what is going on when it's about not just about the food, it's about you. So Lose Weight Live Life Academy will help you learn how to easily eat in a sustainable way for you to lose weight that helps you balance your hormones and be healthy. It teaches you how to be, how to know and trust that you or your body has an innate wisdom far better than any book to know what the right way for you to eat is, to know your likes and dislikes, to know things like which foods leave you bloated or which foods leave you energized, to know that you whether you want to cook foods from scratch or you don't want to, whether you are traveling a lot for work, whether you are entertaining a lot, all of these ways of eating, you can figure out a way of eating to fit with your lifestyle, to fit with your life stage, to enable you to lose weight as you want to. So it's really about sort of understanding that side of things. We also look at hormones in terms of what's happening in your body as well, so that you have some understanding how to potentially make it easier for you to lose weight too. We also dive deep into what is happening in your brain. I want you to think about it. How many times a day do you think about food and eating? How many times a day do you think about, you know, what to plan, what to put on the shopping list, what to prepare, what you want in the moment for pleasure versus what you want for your long-term well-being? So many of you tell me that you are constantly having food chatter and food decision fatigue because you're constantly in a state of, you know, being pulled in different directions with regards to what you want most in the moment versus what you want most for the long term. So we look at all of that and we help you with that. Again, beyond some, some bits are connected with what we've touched on tonight. But there's other other processes and other things to help you with as well. Then we look at what is really important, and that is everything that is going on in your mind. This is you understanding and seeing your food belief systems, what is going on with regards to how you feel about yourself. We look at your thoughts that have come out of you know your upbringing, from society, from your previous diet experiences. I did a Facebook Live today where I talked about sort of you know diet trauma, diet deprivation, all of that, because all of that has you know has sort of left 
an imprint on you with regards to you know shaping how you think about food and your relationship with food. So we want to look at all of that and make sure that you're using your mind to help you and not hinder you as well. And then, as I mentioned, we've got the part of it that is all about the emotions. So I've touched on a lot of that tonight. I've given you a process to get yourself started. But as you can imagine, as you go through the process, there may be things that come up for you that you want to ask questions about. So if that is something that you think you would like to have that level of support with, then the place for you to get that is inside of the Lose Weight Live Life Academy. And also what's really important is your relationship with yourself. So we do a lot of work on the academy on your relationship with yourself as well. Because for so many of us, how we feel about ourselves is so intertwined with how we are eating. It's really important that we learn to take care of ourselves, to put ourselves first, and that we get to love and accept ourselves, not when you've lost all your weight, not when you've told yourself that you're eating exactly how you want to be eating, as you are right here, right now. Okay. And it's really important that you learn to love yourself now, or as you move forward on your weight loss journey, rather than when you think, okay, well, when I've lost this amount of weight, or I'm eating in this way, then I'll accept and love and appreciate myself. It does not work like that. Okay. It's a skill that you want to learn. Most of us exist believing that we, there's some, we're not enough of something, not good enough, not focused enough, not dedicated enough, not disciplined enough, not enough willpower, you know, not confident enough, not slim enough, obviously not intelligent enough, whatever it is. We, we think these not enoughness thoughts and we really want to, if we're somebody who uses food to feel better, helping us feel better about ourselves is a really important part of that process. Right. I shall stop um, rabbiting on now. So what do you get inside of the Lose Weight Live Life Academy membership? So each month, so um, each month you get a module of video lessons. So you've got pre-recorded short video lessons where you learn sort of like a teaching, it teaches you something. And then you have worksheets to accompany each of those video lessons to help you go away and apply the work. That's obviously something that you can get to do with your own time. You then have two live group calls each week. One of those is in normally in the evening. One of those is normally during the weekday. I often do it at lunchtime. One of them is normally a live group coaching and Q&A call where you get to come and be coached and ask questions and get support with absolutely anything that you would like at all. And then the other one, what we do at the moment is a sort of a deep dive session where I sort of teach you live a particular topic or we have a conversation, a discussion, but there's a focus for that. There's also a supportive private Facebook group and community and there's a whole lot more besides just show you so there's there's an online platform part of it there is a private Facebook community and then there's the live call aspects as well so this screenshot here is just showing you the online platform these are this is module one this is the modules that you get in the first month of the program each of these is a video lesson and has worksheets associated with it and then each month the next module drips in for you then you've got all of the live calls. If you can't attend the calls live, they are all recorded and they are all, and as I say that, I'm panicked that I'm not recording this, but I think I am. Pretty sure I hit record. Too late now if I haven't. So they are all recorded and then they are uploaded either later the same day or the next day so that you can catch up with those because I know that not everybody can make the calls live. And actually, I have probably have more people watch the replays than attend live. What we do is we put a post in the Facebook group the day before for each call so that if you want to share what is going on for you, if you want to share what you would like help with or ask me a question, I can address that on the call if you can't make it live and then you can 
pop back and listen to the replay. You can also ask me questions in the Facebook group as well. Recently, what I've started doing, it won't be every week, but I'll probably do it um, a little bit more, is if you are, if you listen to the Lose Weight Live Life podcast, then I've created some sort of self-study materials to help you apply what you learn in those podcasts. So they're inside of the membership as well. This is the Lose Weight Live Life Facebook Academy, the Facebook site, that's a private site, so it's not open to the public. And then extras as well. So every couple of months, probably maybe yeah every every so often we do some bonus programs and there's two bonus programs that are available right now one is a 21 day journaling program and the other one is a 21 day mindset work program we use a brilliant tool inside of the lose weight live life academy called the mindset model i teach you that as a part of the program and you can use it to help you with any aspect of your life literally got a problem you've got an emotion you want to deal with doesn't matter what it is you and plug it into the model to help you understand what is going on for you and what you can do about it. And that is, um, there's a 21 day program for you to sort of, to do that as well. And these are just like saying it's a 21 day program may sound a little daunting. This is you having the opportunity to give yourself five or 10 minutes a day to do this work in such a way that it starts to become a habit and you start to see progress and it makes a real difference. Also, there's also an app. Okay. So If you are somebody who is in the car a lot or you're commuting a lot and you think, well, this is all great, but I really haven't got time to, you know, to watch all this stuff, then you can use the Kajabi app on your phone. You can obviously don't watch, but you can listen to stuff in your car, plug your headphones in on the train or something like that. So you can sort of like do, you know, get support, help yourself on the go. So what we've got coming up in November, I've got two things coming up in November. The first thing I want to do in November is for those of you who would like that support and would like to join, I'm going to be giving you daily support to help you practice these five steps to end emotional eating. So there will be something, it will be managed through the Facebook group. There will be something in the Facebook group every day or an opportunity for you to share how you're doing or learn something to help you with the process or ask a question every single day throughout November, if you would really like help and support to do this work. And the other thing that I've put down for November is because it's Sugar Awareness Week um, on the 8th to the 14th of November. Not long, is it? So I thought I would probably do something daily, maybe a daily Facebook Live or something like that to talk about refined sugar, refined sugars, refined carbohydrates, and you know how they impact us in terms of what what the impact they have in our on our body, the impact they have on our ability to lose weight, the impact they have on how easy or difficult it is us to lose weight, and the impact they have on our brain as well. So I thought that would be a good thing to dive into, given that it is Sugar Awareness Week. All right. I have just about got oh the price. That's the forgot to tell you that bit. Yeah. So the cost is £34 per month. Or if you would like to, if you're interested in this is work that you know you want to do for the long term, then you have the option of taking out an annual membership and that effectively saves you two months. So it's like you're paying for 10 months instead of 12 there. So it is a monthly program, so you can cancel at any time. There's no tie-in, but whilst you'll remember that payment, that £34 is taken each month. Okay. So yeah, I have got a couple of bonuses. 
So the first bonus is for anybody who enrolls before midnight tomorrow night, what I would like to do. So when you enroll in the program, you get immediate access to module one. Part of module one is helping you figure out your food framework. Now, your food framework is slightly different to your plan. It's like a sort of you figuring out how you would like to eat going forward. The reason we want to create a food framework is so that we're not making those same decisions and having a discussion with ourselves over and over again. It's like you go through a process of figuring out what foods that you want to eat more of, what foods you want to eat you don't want to eat at all what food you want to eat occasionally for special occasions that's sort of the crux of it but what I'm doing is I'm going to offer those of you who enroll before midnight tomorrow night I will be sending you a separate email with a form to fill in as a part of that food framework process for you to share back with me what that looks like and any questions that you might have so that you can get some insights from me into you know what just sort of have some of my the benefits of my knowledge and experience with that so that's the first bonus and the second bonus, so this is for those of you who sign up both, well, between now and midnight on Monday, and I've done this bonus for a while and I really love it and it goes down really well and it's just really nice, is that I'm going, I will send you a personalized journal gift in the post. If you would like to find out more and you get immediate access, then you can go to www.thebestyou.coach forward slash masterclass. Okay. And I think that is about it. Yeah. So I'm going to have a look at some questions. So Sally says... Loads of great things to learn here. And I appreciate it's about longer term learning, practicing. I love the 90 second idea. Any other tips, ideas to stop the snacking, emotional eating in the moment? So with regards to stopping it in the moment, what I would suggest. So I think the best way to do it is to sort of like, you want to be aware of your triggers and behaviors and patterns and what you're thinking and feeling. If you already know exactly what's going on for you, I'd probably still encourage you to observe it first. So I really would encourage you to observe yourself going about emotional eating and snacking and discover as much as you can about that before you start to stop it. That information is just going to be so useful and so valuable in helping you put effective strategies in place to enable you to stop in the moment. So first of all, learn about yourself. Then when it comes to stopping in the moment, because what you want to be seeing is you want to understand what you are saying to yourself. You want to understand why you want to have the snack or whatever it is. Is it because you're telling yourself you deserve it? You're bored. It's just something that I, you know, when it comes to 11 o'clock, something that I have, all of those things. Once you know your reasons, then you can start to figure out what you want to think instead. So if it is because you are bored, then you want to have a, sort of like a response to yourself. You want to think, well, actually what I want to do when you either you could think, actually, I know that I'm, I, when I'm bored, I want to go and snack. Okay. You won't be aware of this as a conscious thought, but you may notice it's something you're doing. What you might want to think on purpose is I would rather feel bored than go and eat to not than not feel bored. Feeling bored isn't a problem. I can feel bored and go about doing what I need to do each day. I can learn to feel bored and not eat in response to boredom when you want to figure out what you want that sort of like the thought process that pattern of conversation to be once you have figured it out you can practice it ahead of time you can visualize yourself as you go about your day in the way in which you normally snack and sort of almost like visualize yourself remembering what you want to remember that is going to help you you can also you know put post-it notes up you can do all sorts of things there okay i'm just gonna i need to give quick answers or else i won't get through Sharma says she likes the chats are hidden. I eat in secret, so I'm not judged or questioned. Why is this? Because of 
your thoughts that you have. So when we eat in secret, it is, and we think that it's because other people will be judging us. It's because we have judgments of ourselves, whether we are aware of those judgments or not. It is about what we think about ourselves, about the fact that we're eating. And that's the reasons why we eat in secret. It may be for some of us that we have had other people make comments. There may be, you know, very justifiable reasons, but for most of us, it will be because of thoughts that we have about ourselves, that we shouldn't be eating this, that eating in this way is unacceptable. That's what is going on for us. Oftentimes when we eat in secret, we may eat excessively as well in terms of quantity. Often those two behaviors go hand in hand and it's about knowing. So as I mentioned right at the very beginning, it's really important that we make peace with ourselves, that we forgive ourselves, that we accept ourselves as we are eating right here and right now. Oftentimes it is the thoughts that we have about ourselves, that we shouldn't be eating how we are, that we should be different. We make it mean so much negative stuff. It makes it harder. It makes it more difficult to understand the behavior. So when, if you're eating in secret, then the first step is to find compassion with yourself and allow that to be okay. All right. When we have eaten in that way and we've, it's become a habit and something, a behavior that we do, it's working for us on some level. The reason I overate when I was, you know, working full time, taking care of children, my life was good, but it was difficult. and It was hard work is because eating gave me something, gave me that emotional support that I thought I needed because I didn't have other strategies to help me and enable me to get by. It's really important. We acknowledge that for ourselves, that the, the eating that we, as we have been doing it in some way is okay. It has been given us something it is okay it's just that actually maybe now we want to look for new strategies we want to understand it so that we can learn to manage our emotions in a different way okay hey says how long did it take me to lose my weight probably about two and a half years i lost it as most people do it was not a big long down it was like up and down and up and down generally going down but i would you know i mentioned before i would lose i would be i found it really easy to eat how i wanted to eat during the week and i ate how i wanted to eat at the weekend and how i wanted to eat at the weekend wasn't as aligned with losing weight quickly and that was okay because the overall trend was down so i might lose a bit lose during the week but a tiny bit on at the weekends, lose during the week, tiny bit on at the weekends, but the overall trend was down. Um, and that was, I was fine with that. That worked for me. I encourage you to not be in a rush to lose your weight. And I know that's really difficult as well. How does the Academy work via online workshops or simply workbooks online? So yeah, I'm wondering if you maybe asked that question before I talk through it, but just in case it is a mixture of online materials, two live calls per week. So similar to this, but you can raise your hand and come and come on live and get coached so we can have a coaching conversation. Sometimes we also do workshop styles as well, where everyone's on the call, but most of them are like this. So you can get help and support with anything then as well. How do I stop thinking about food constantly and when my next meal is so what we haven't talked about tonight is hunger and so this amanda's asking this question so one of the things i think you will want to look at is your hunger when are you physically hungry when are you emotionally hungry essentially why is it that you're thinking about food all of the time is it because you're physically hungry is it because you're emotionally hungry what are you wanting what are you needing want to understand what is going on there once you can understand what's going on for you are you afraid of missing meals are you afraid of being hungry some people are very uncomfortable with feeling physically hungry so they have a almost like a fear of that you really want to be looking at 
what's going on for you there. Once you know what's going on for you, then you can work out strategies, work out how to be thinking to make it easier for you to not be constantly thinking. Anonymous has asked, are you committed to the Academy for a set out amount of time? So you, it's a monthly fee. So you are committed for a month. Beyond that, you can cancel at any time. So, so no, I guess would be the answer to that question. Beyond the month, no, you're not committed for any set amount of time. Carol says, please let her know more about joining the Academy. I think that would be an earlier question. Do you just get one video a month with worksheets or do you have access to all the previous videos worksheets? Okay, you get, so each, especially early on, you get probably maybe four, five six videos you also get the all of the live calls when you join the pre-recorded worksheets lessons are dripped in so you get module one first month module two the next month but all of the calls are available on replay so you will see calls back to april of this year which is when we sort of did this version of the academy so you've got a whole library of calls and other topics and i wouldn't recommend that you go and watch all those because they'll probably drive you mad there'll be too many so you don't need to watch all of those but they are there how many months of sessions are there i think that's probably similar oh in terms of the modules there'll be 12 modules so the programs designed um will continue continue getting new content for 12 months sue says i am recording thank you sue sue's go it has to go now juliet says i would love to encourage people here to join your academy and i'm happy you to mention my comment here thank you juliet i think your coaching and knowledge of this subject and just your understanding of being human and how we tick and how we think is the best i have ever come across and i have been working on this my whole life literally your academy is all anyone would ever need to address weight and eating issues and i cannot speak any more highly of your program and how you help and enable us to understand the complex subject but also so much about just how to work with our feelings all right thank you really appreciate that juliet very kind of you to make that comment so thank you tracy says can you explain about the accountability partner and how that would work if i join so you have short form to fill in And then what I do is pair you with someone else who's looking for an accountability partner. And I just introduce the two of you and then I leave you to work together to support each other in whatever way you agree will work for you. So it's sort of like an introduction service, if you like. Nikki says, thank you. Valerie says, thank you. Love me on. Oh, thank you. Someone says, they love my nails. Thank you. <laughs> I've got them done. Seeing food or even a photo of food instantly makes me want to eat it. Can using this process help to kind of desensitize us to this? So yes. So Rebecca says, seeing food or even a photo when you want to eat it. Think of that as how I talked about the chocolate of feeling the urge, the desire within you, that compulsion to eat it. So do the work of the feelings. Set the timer for 90 seconds. So what you might want to do, if if that feels incredibly strong, you're going to want to practice building up slowly over time. Even if you, to start off with, practice feeling your feelings and then you eat. And then the next day you do the same. You will start to learn the skill. It's a skill that needs to be learned, like surfing. Like not many of us can get on a surfboard and go out and surf. This skill of allowing yourself to feel that urge, that desire, and not eat in response to it is a learned skill. So whilst you are learning these skills, you will be, whilst you're learning these skills, you will be, you know, overeating still, emotionally eating. A part of your journey to not emotionally eat, you will be emotionally eating because that's going to help you. Okay. The live calls are normally on, occasionally on a Monday night, normally on a Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. Okay, fantastic. Jane says she'll register. How do you ever feel full up? Will this help me with knowing when to stop 
eating. So yes, we will do work. We do do work on feeling satiated and full and looking at the hunger scale. So that is something that you will get help with as well. Okay, I think that's all the questions. Thank you, everybody who has been here live this evening. I have overrun everyone quite a bit. I apologize. Really appreciate you giving up your time to be here. I really, those of you who haven't got the workbook, have an email, you can message me by all means. I'll get that out to you. Really appreciate you being here. So thank you. And I just wish you the very, very best with this. All right. Thanks everyone. Take care and have a good evening. If you enjoyed listening to this podcast and are ready to live a more intentional life, lose weight as a part of that journey and create a relationship with food and yourself that you love, then I would be honored to be your coach. There are two ways that you can work with me. You can join my monthly membership program, My One Life Academy, that gives you self-paced learning supported by twice weekly live calls and a whole lot more. Or you can join the waiting list for my next six month lose weight, live life, group coaching, mastermind intensive. Go to www.thebestyou.coach forward slash coaching to find out all the details.